Grace and peace, everyone. Welcome to part four of the Pastor Cast podcast series, The Church After Corona. Over the past couple of months, what church leaders and pastors have had to come to grips with is the fact that everything has changed. The world has changed. And one of the big questions that pastors and church leaders are having to answer right now is what does the church look like after Corona? What does it look like in the future? What is going to be different? How does the church respond in a way that is life-giving and generative and in ways that will be able to reach people where they are now that everything is different? Welcome to the Pastor Cast. In today's Pastor Cast, I interview Reverend Mario Bolivar, who is the lead pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Eustis, a church that is in central Florida, just outside of Orlando, in a small town, but a town that is not far away from a larger city. So it's got those influences as well. Uh, It's a historic congregation and has a very traditional worship service, but also has other casual worship services as well. Uh, and has a multi-generational context. Mario is doing some interesting things. Uh, He has long been a proponent of technology uh, in the use of worship and also in communication with the congregation and building community. And I thought that it would be a great interview to find out some of the things that Mario has been doing and thinking uh, during this coronavirus crisis. And I wanted to hear his thoughts on what comes next and all of the ways that we are changing and the things that are going to forever be different. Uh, And so uh, I hope you enjoy this uh, interview. Uh, And uh, I know that it's got some great insight and perhaps some great ideas for church leaders who are thinking about these things as well and on how to move forward. So without further ado, uh, here's uh, the interview with uh, Reverend Mario. Uh, I hope you enjoy. All right, so I am here with uh, Reverend Mario Bolivar, who is the uh, senior pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Eustis, Florida, which is, yeah, (laughs) represent. Uh, So Eustis, Florida, which is about uh, 45 minutes outside of Orlando, uh, and uh, it's in Lake County, Florida. So it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting place uh, to my semi-rural but also close enough to um, to the city that you know you've got that connection and uh, it's a growing area uh, the reason why I know this is because I used to be the pastor there many moons ago and uh, my wife is a Lake County girl she was born and raised there and uh, still has a business there and so we still have connections to that area and it's uh, near and dear to my heart um, but uh, Mario has been doing fantastic stuff Thank you. Uh, Thank Eustace, you. yeah, and especially during this time. And so this whole series that we've, uh, we're working on for this podcast is the church after Corona. So like, what is the church going to look like uh, after all this is over? And we say it that it's over, like it's going to be over and that we're going to be able to go back to the way things yeah. were. But yeah. It's not a Band-Aid, man. I know, man. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. Well, thank you so, for inviting me, Leon, brother. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it is good to joy, see you. It's a joy with you. Yeah. And you're, di- you know, you're just, uh, I'm, I'm so impressed like with all the stuff that you're able to do. And so I kind of thought it'd be awesome to be able to talk to you. Um, you're, you're, you're a, 
a good bit younger than I am. <laughs> I won't say how much. 1984, uh, I'll say it. 1984, <laughs> you do the math. Oh, man, I was in high school. So uh, uh, there you go. But um, I, I will say, man, it's good, to, you know, it's good to have this perspective. And that's kind of what we've been doing with this podcast. We're going to be uh, talking to different generations of pastors that are thinking about this stuff and then trying to figure it out. Um, and so, uh, you know, as we shared earlier, we were talking kind of offline um, that uh, I've been working on this idea of like this kind of seven things. I mean, there's, it's a, probably a bigger umbrella than that, but the, you know, these things are the things that the church is going to have to pay attention to um, and churches that don't pay attention to these things. Um, yes. It's going to be, it's going to be a rough ride going forward because the world has changed. So I don't know, man, if you want to just kind of uh, start talking through some of these things, the one of the, and I guess high on the list and it's something that got you excited when we were sort of thinking through this initially was the idea of like, what has changed now in your context? I don't know if you want to kind of tell me a little bit about what's happening in Eustace. Um, and then, you know, we were talking about virtual connections and how, how that works in your context and what you've been doing to try to foster that. Yeah. Um, Virtual connections are very important, uh, not only because of COVID-19, but before. So um, I am an immigrant. I was born and raised in Latin America and Colombia. And when I started coming to America uh, to go to church camp, I started having friends. And I needed to remain connected to them because every year I will come back. That started building into chat rooms. I don't know if you remember I am the oh, yeah. exchange, how valuable was your number and yep. for people to do that. So I learned from early on the, the necessity of being connected, mm. not only to the day, but moving forward. Like right now I'm telling you, I'm paying attention to wearable technology, right. the jackets, the shirts, the glasses, we have to be connected. Now, I think that there are two areas here where people are concerned that somebody is watching and taking note of everything they're doing. Big Brother is doing something. And then there's other people, which in this place is me, where I'm like, if you are going to give me more information about the things that I like, go ahead, bring it. I got nothing to hide. You can watch <laughs> anything I'm watching right now. Or, you know, the, any know. superhero, NIS, you know, anything big government that you're watching right now, you know, bring it on. Because That's right. in reality. I'm, I'm, I, I live a pretty boring life, so <laughs> you're welcome you know, to it, man. Go yeah, you're, it. you're welcome to come. Maybe you will hear the gospel. Maybe you'll be here <laughs> with encouraging words for your family and your, and your friends. So be it. But yeah. virtual connection is not something that it needs to be kicked down the road or something that is our enemy. We need to embrace it and adapt it. I'll tell you, when I was a, uh, an associate pastor as a young um, graduate from seminary, one of the most successful meetings that I had with youth was playing Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. I will create a chat and we will have our youth group meeting playing video games. And guess what? Nobody cared if the meeting went too long and nobody was missing ever because yeah. we also need to learn how to adapt that. Now, trans transmitting that to what we're doing now, think about the technology that each of our churches have. 
and how they fulfill the role of the good commission, the perfect commission of building and baptizing and telling the good news of the gospel to everyone. We need, the church does a disfavor when we think that that's for the world. No, make it yours, transform it. It's not the first time the church does that and use it to proclaim the gospel. You know, many of us are happy just using YouTube and so many are just happy using Facebook and so many are using, you know, uh, our websites. What else is out there mm. to continue communicating the gospel? What are some of the new tools that we have? Connections are very powerful. And I think that we need to continue trying to find new ways to use the technology that we already have. Mario, what kinds of technology that he's using currently, and what are some of the things that uh, are part of the social media platforms and the technology and the video capabilities that uh, that are currently available? Things that are widely used, like what of those are unique? What are some unique aspects of that uh, that uh, he's utilizing that perhaps churches would be able to easily replicate? There are ways that, for example, Facebook Live, you can create polls. So people, as they're watching your sermon, they can start taking polls and decisions. How cool is that? How cool is that you can actually call a number and a code and you can listen by phone the video on Facebook? Mm -hmm. Those are things that are perks already there. Oh, yeah. One of the, the things that we, we discover is in our local environment, we had a lot of unique viewers. If you know the difference between viewers and unique viewers, right. don't pay attention to the viewers. Pay attention to unique viewers who access your website. What are they looking for? Check what pages are they looking for and how to engage them. Pay attention to how visual things are. Pay attention how your videos are creating engagement to create a lot of media to be multiplied in all these elements. The point, it is to enable members of the church to stop depending so much on whoever is managing the website and then created their own things. Like right now, one of the things that we want to do is to create chats within our website so people can leave messages for one another and exchange conversations within the website. So they don't have to go create a Facebook page and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. in a way we are duplicating the effort, but we're making it all in the website. So they, there's a community building there. And that's, you know, the website, uh, we just changed the platform and we want to obviously create all these interactions with video. Obviously, that's one of our biggest tools. Mm -hmm. But we need to find what else is there that builds community. You know, how we are going to be communicating effectively with our congregation, paying attention to, to us.
Over the past couple of months, I've had many conversations with pastors and colleagues and friends of mine who wanted advice from me because uh, they had resisted technology. They had resisted broadcasting their services online. They had not valued virtual community in any capacity. And so when things changed and changed rapidly, they were not ready. They were not able to do it quickly. And in many cases, most of these congregations are still trying to catch up. They're still trying to figure out what to do in the short term because they see this as a short term issue, not a long term transformation. So Mario and I continued our conversation in this light as we talked about what happens when things change so quickly and you're not ready. You know, you've been kind of prepared for uh, what just happened because honestly, what just happened is that we had, it's like you got a big foot right in your back and you got shoved into the future, right? So that's what happened to the church. There was no easing into the future. There was no like, and the reason I think that that was important, this was an important moment, is because so many churches, right? So many, uh, of, you know, and I'm not just talking about like, like uh, small, you know, solo pastor, zero staff churches. Um, I'm talking about some pretty good sized churches that, that were resisting this uh, yes. for the longest dang time. Uh, and all of a sudden now they're behind, they're behind, right? They're having to catch up. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess, um, you know, my question is, as you're starting to think through this, like what, what would you say to them now, I mean, obviously now they're, they're having to deal with the reality of like, we didn't value virtual community. Uh, we didn't value virtual connections now. So like, what do you say to them now about like, okay, this is why this is going to be important even after this, right? Because I think a lot of churches and a lot of pastors are probably just white knuckling this whole thing, mm -hmm. waiting for the moment to the, when they can go back to doing everything the way they used to do it. Jesus, take the wheel. Well, he's giving <laughs> you the wheel for some reason. He wants you right. like, okay, you're being watching. Go ahead. Let's yeah. Go. Do it. I, you have to embrace technology. You have to embrace it. Any kind of technology. Now, I might know more technology. That's me patting myself in the back. That yeah. doesn't mean that the technology that you have right now cannot be used properly in the future. I think Absolutely. that this is not even a wake up call. This is we've been awakened and we just wanted to admit that the clock is thinking. It's taken to improve it. We are not going to go back. Not because the stuff that we used to do, church normal, was bad, but because there are so many benefits of learning new ways of communicating. Now more than ever, no matter what kind of technology you're having, you're having more incidents in the life of your community and the life of the family and the friends of your community. You know, on any given day, regular Sunday, we had about 280 people coming to worship to us. Now we have almost triple that yep. number with unique viewers. If you pay attention that at least one family has one computer or one phone and there's at least two people watching, right. we are proclaiming. That means that we need to invest money now into 
technology to prepare us for the future. That means that a large part of our budget needs to be on research and adapting new ways of technology, improving all the time. You know, like some of us are just invest investing in cameras. Well, to be the honest, you don't have to invest in cameras sometimes if you are a smaller church. Use your phone. The cameras <laughs> on these babies are so powerful now. You don't yeah. need to. You just need to find the technology that is available to you and improve from there. Make a plan and continue. Because if you don't embrace technology, you know who is going to embrace technology? Other things that drive people away from hearing the gospel. And it's not the, it's not the fault of the, the power of the gospel. It is our own fault for thinking and limiting what we can do. Oh, it's just enough for me to give this. No, it's never enough. We need to continue. And as leaders, I think that we need to continue developing new ways of reaching out. Technology is not only computers. Technology is adapting. There's models of adapt adaptive leadership that we need to employ. Mm -hmm. We need to pay attention to the hidden cultures. If you want to hear a really good book on that, is you can read Galindo. He have a wonderful book about hitting cultures of your church. We need to identify those cultures and go from those cultures, eradicating what is not helpful, building on what is helpful. Go ahead. Let me, let me follow up just a little bit because you said the church has been commissioned. I actually saw that on your website too. So you were making sure that that was a message you're sending out to your church. Yes. Um, I think, you know, we're talking, you know, one of the things that we've said in ours, we've been saying it over and over and over again is the church has left the building, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we're going to be working on that imagery uh, and kind of thinking through, but, you know, <clears throat> kind of talking through some of those things just to kind of follow up a little bit. Um, you know, just practically speaking for churches that are a little smaller or people that are struggling with this, you know, like you said, all of the technology that they need to be able to do uh, some of the things that they need to do is they carry around with them every single day, you know, so it's their phone. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's not that difficult uh, to be able to do some of the things that, um, you know, that we see you doing, but you're, I mean, you're doing it a, a lot better because you've got like better equipment and you also know a little bit more about how to make, to be effective in terms of video. Um, but those are all things that you can learn. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like on my Facebook feed anyway, it is nothing but like constant advertisements because I've made the mistake, I think of clicking on something that had to do with like video <laughs> editing. Now all I get are all these companies that are just, you know, this is their moment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how to make videos, how to make transitions, how to do all these oh, things. Dude. So, I mean, oh, it's out there. All this stuff is out there. But I think talking about the building, so this is an interesting, this is the rub, right? Because, um, you know, you and I both uh, have, you know, I understand a little bit more uh, intimately what your situation is in terms of having a historic uh, building. Um, mm -hmm. And then all the various ages of the church were sort of represented in all the different buildings. <laughs> um, yes. I'm in a different situation, um, but it's kind of the same. You know, we, there was 20 years of deferred maintenance because the church was spending money on other things and was trying to do other things and mm -hmm. it just didn't do maintenance. 
so since I've been here, we've re in the past three years, I've replaced almost every air conditioner out of the 12 air conditioners we have. So, I mean, it's like all of that kind of stuff, you know, you're, you're thinking to yourself, um, what could we have been doing <laughs> with all that money? But here's the thing though. I think that instead of saying buildings, because what I said was buildings aren't as important as we thought, um, but they do serve a different purpose. Yeah, you didn't say the buildings were not important. They're not you as important said as the buildings thought. are not as we thought. Right. And it's true. I mean, my house, my house, I just originally purchased this home. And we have owned this home for, you know, maybe two months. And we have already tweaking a little bit. Why? Because this is where we're choosing to congregate and build. Something were to happen to this building, my home is still where my family lies right, right. and where it goes. So, but it is important. It's an investment, something that we're building to congregate eventually, you know, to be a, to, to maybe to interact in a way of, of prophecy. We will regain a new normal. And the time to congregate and to worship and to have baptisms Absolutely. and to have funerals and it will happen. It will happen. Absolutely. But if we are simply trying to maintain the buildings because that is our essence, it's wrong. There is a whole thing out there of digital life where we can also build community. And I think that we just have to be shifting our view a little bit more to the center rather than all the way to the left. Just, just peek on the other side of what they're doing. And what you're saying on, on Facebook, that's it. they are giving me stuff because I know that I buy stuff from <laughs> those little things. I was yeah. like, oh, this is a great gadget, and I'm going to buy it because I'm going to use it yeah. for my personal life and for the life of the church. I'm going to just give you a, a, a quick tip. There is one that just came out. It's been uh, out there for about three years it's called videos and I can yes. probably, and I saw the advertisement. <laughs> you saw the advertising. Okay. Oh, yeah. so $67 <laughs> buys you 170, you know, things that you can use on your videos and oh, yeah. $67, a hundred, it gives you like 50 for different thing. Now, if you're going to, do you have a logo in the church, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do you have a transition for that logo? We do. Like transform into something. Right. We do. How cool is that? Okay. Yeah. If you go and find how much you pay for someone to create it, you will see that it's often more than $67. Oh, yeah. Here, they will give you 170 And if you put that on every single video, you can run 170 videos changing how it looks. And it looks so professional. And yeah. it looks, here's a favorite word of mine, provocative. Yeah. And people click and people stay for whatever 10, 15 seconds. Yep. That is it. If you don't get that by them, you're going to lose them. So oh, here's yeah. a good investment that you can use. I love it because it's a dropping logo, convert, five minutes, you already have something that looks professional. Well, that's all the time we have today for the Pastor Cast and this particular episode in the series, The Church After Corona. Part two of the interview with Mario, which is actually part five of this series, is going to be airing a little bit later on this week. 
I hope that you'll stay tuned for that. And I hope that you got something out of this particular pastor cast and the interview with uh, Mario. Uh, some great information here, a lot of insight and a lot of practical stuff too. And there'll be even more of that coming up in the next episode. We'll see you then. Take care.